Hello and welcome to the End-Stage Renal Disease Treatment Choices Learning Collaborative, or ETCLC, podcast series. In these episodes, we'll hear from transplant, donation, and organ procurement organization professionals as they share their experiences, data-proven interventions, and lessons learned as we collectively strive toward our national aims for more kidneys transplanted and fewer kidneys discarded. We have another question that was submitted. The question says, do you have any suggestions on how to move forward when a family says that their loved one wanted to go whole? How do y'all manage that? Any of you can take a stab at that one. Sure. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll start off and I'm, I'm sure I'm going to agree with all my uh, colleagues. Surprise, surprise. And whatever that comes out of their mouth, we are one. But I will say that's a tough one. Um, you know, uh, it's uh, just as tough as uh, when families decline because they indicate that the um, patient uh, had a previously expressed wish not to donate. Um, what I say to that in my experience is that, you know, one is the family being forthcoming uh, and not questioning their honesty and integrity, but, you know, they're grieving. And so oftentimes families I found in my experience, I don't want to speak for everyone on the call, uh, that, you know, families will say the quickest thing they can to diffuse the conversation, right? And so where do you go when a patient, him or herself has stated, oh, I, I want to be buried whole or I'm not interested uh, interested in donation? I think for us and, you know, for me as, fam as a family services specialist, uh, you know, trying to get behind why that patient would want to go whole, was it a, a cultural component to it? Was, it, uh, you know, religion, um, did religion have something to do with it? Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, in my practice, what I try as best I can to do is convey the families that what you are seeing in that bed is 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 your loved one, but your loved one is so much more than that, right? Uh, that is their vessel, their temple, their vehicle, uh, and yet they have these precious gifts within them uh, that can save the life of someone else. And so, uh, you know, I try and diffuse that response from a family if they're saying he or she wanted to be whole, because oftentimes it's not the patient that said that, it's the family's feeling about donation. Uh, and so I found in my practice that that has helped. It doesn't work all the time, uh, but it has been instrumental in at least moving to the next step of whatever reason the family may, uh, barrier the family may put up uh, to say no to donation or uh, indicate that they are you know, somewhat uncomfortable with the process. Thank you for and, that. And, and Stephen, Thank you. I mean, that was right on. And you took some of my words that I was going to share. But I will say another piece of the puzzle, when you do hear that from a family or you hear that prior to someone from the OPO coming on board, I think a very key component to one of our huddles may be in, in, in many cases, when you have an African-American family, there probably is some type of minister or some religious uh, advisor that's at that hospital as well. Do we do enough with that advisor before we allow them in the room with that family? Because sometimes if we can huddle with that advisor prior to, sometimes we have to educate that advisor on the spot because the family looks for that advisor to give them advice. And if he or she is not familiar or doesn't have enough information, they can stop you right there on the spot. But if we take the time to, to figure out all those things in that huddle, if there's an advisor, I strongly recommend talking to that advisor before they go in with that family to explain and see what he or she knows about donation as well. So when you hear that component, I want to take 
take the they want to be whole. What does that truly mean? As Stephen stated, to ask that next prompting question, what does that mean to you? Good point. Good point, Bobby. Hey, so Bobby, I dealt with that situation verbatim in Dallas um, about a year ago. Um, and we did not identify the advisor. And it was their pastor, one of the largest uh, black churches in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And, you know, there was a lot of... Uh, there was some pushback about us speaking with this family and around is a very large family, large black family, uh, well-known in the Dallas area. And the hospital did not want us to upset anyone. And we were very respectful to their wishes. Now um, they withdrew. We were not able to get in front of this family. We were then contacted by their spiritual leader, their pastor. And, and then we're asked about why you know, it was a pediatric case, very sad. And, you know, why we didn't speak to them. And it was like, hey, we collaborated with the hospital. You know, it was a lot of emotion. Uh, but there were a couple of things there, right? We didn't identify the true, the gatekeeper, as we like to say. Um, we we responded. No, I will say we reacted to the e emotion. We didn't respond to it. Um, and, but, you know, we collaborated. I think we did a good job of working with our hospital. But at the end of the day, family wanted donations. You know, and, and we did not we were not able to facilitate it for them because of the outwardly response. And, but we didn't identify the spiritual leader, which we should have. But um, I think that's just a great example highlighting, you know, where we went left, where we should have went right and looking for that um, that person. I want to add something else to that for my hospital folks. because I hear this a lot. You know, when we're in that room, you know, our teams are trained, built, designed to manage the, the, we like we say opposition, uh, but opposition can mean different things to different people. When families have questions about body integrity, the process, we are trained to stay in that moment and eloquently and empathetically provide that in, information to them so they can hear it best. So from an outsider looking in, it can look like we're being adversarial or, or we aren't respecting their wishes once they say no. Uh, but that is something we are trained to do to manage that conversation empathetically um, and, and eloquently in that situation. Thank you for listening to this episode of the ETCLC podcast series. We encourage you to steal shamelessly, as we say, any recommendations and best practices shared by the presenters and their organizations. We encourage you to listen to our other podcasts that help support and improve your transplant work. Also visit our LinkedIn page, ETCLC. Follow us on X, formerly Twitter, at ETCLC1 and check out our YouTube channel for more resources available at ESRD-ETCLC.